Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. You know what? I forgot to live stream us on Facebook. I'll have to do that while we're chatting. I'm cool with that. So I will stall. Uh, my dog just walked into the room. Her name is Roxy. She's I 13. saw the picture she that long walks down the beach. I saw the picture that Andrea put where she was like harmony or something. And it was your Doberman and Roxy <laughs> laying together in the bed. Oh, gosh. And I was like, oh, man, I'm glad to see that because I thought the Doberman, like, picked on Roxy. Oh, dude, the only time there's harmony between those two dogs is when they're sleeping. When they're awake, there's nonstop fighting. Really? Oh, she she talking to you now? Yeah, she's talking to me, interrupting. She's talking to me about the cat, actually. Doesn't she realize you're on a podcast? My cat went missing. Well, that's not really a bad thing. It's a cat. My tortoise is missing too. So don't, don't. Your don't. tortoise is always missing. What are you talking about? I know, I know, but you can't. The tortoise is sacred. Oklahoma. <laughs> it's my baby. <laughs> I, oh my I obsess. Pete knows this. I obsess over this tortoise. If I can't find it, I start going nuts and I have to find it. Doesn't matter what's going on in my life. It's like everything else can wait. <laughs> How do you Pete, spell tortoise? T O R. It's like tortoise. Tortoise with an E on the end. Missing. That's what I'm calling this particular episode. Oh, where did it go? I'm right in the middle of. Are we Facebooking? Are we live? I was trying, and then all of a sudden, I just want to show everybody my new shirt that I bought at Urban Outfitters, which I'm a bit ashamed that I actually went into that store. The only urban thing about that is its name. There's nothing urban about Urban Outfitters. That's a shout out to Dahadi Lewis. He did urban church planner training back in the day when I was at NAM called Boulevard. 
you know, they'd always say the only urban about urban outfitters is the name. I always thought that was funny. I like making fun of yuppies trying to look cool. So um, I got a confession to make. What? I was not on last week's podcast. Oh, yes. Uh, I was not on last week's podcast because I knew it would be painful for me. Yes. And there were two smart people talking about smart, intelligent things. <laughs> and so I love how you start the podcast off by going, uh, Pete's not on the podcast today because he doesn't like books. Yes. Do you like but that? All I can say is I could only stomach 13 minutes of that podcast before I literally gave up. I was like, I can't take this podcast anymore. So good. Just be glad that Pete's And the on funniest this part to me was, I'm like, okay, now granted, I only listened to 13 minutes of your 40-minute podcast, so maybe it changed. But you kept talking and wouldn't even barely let the guy talk. I'm like, you got the dude who wrote the book. And you're like, well, let me tell you, me and my wife, man, we went through R.C. Sproul's book over here. And we did this. And like, you were just geeking out like crazy. Guilty as charged. And friend. wouldn't even let the poor guy talk. I'm like, he's probably thinking, why am I on this podcast? You can just go for it yourself. Yeah. If you got further in, though, I shut up. I he, couldn't. He I couldn't take it anymore. He had to overcome that little speed bump. And then he was speeding down the road. I, could, I couldn't I couldn't take quiet. it, man. I was like, dude, so he, this is why I don't do book author podcasts with Peyton. He he is like geeking out big time. And I oh, oh yeah. I would have yeah. been like, I would have been like that one episode back when we used to do hardcore church planning together. And all of a sudden, like Ruben like texts in or or Facebook's in. I didn't even realize Pete was on the podcast <laughs> until the fight question. <laughs> because like you just you get going man you you love talking to authors well and rc sproll was such a huge influence to me like at at a crucial time um that dude i felt it, this is what you feel when you have someone that you listen to all the time you feel like you know them like like they're your friends like and with RC, man, I just felt like I had a mentor in him, even though I had met him, you know, a couple of times, but he didn't know me. We didn't know each other. I mean, this dude knew him, like knew him, knew him. And he wrote a fantastic book. But yeah, man, I, I you know what I wanted to do as soon as we we're done interviewing him? Keep talking to him, take him out for a beer. All of that. Uh, dance with him, um, name my firstborn child after him. Um, I just want to interview him again. I was like, let's do more. You know, like I was sad that I only had him for an hour. I thought what was funny too is, is you told me, you go, this didn't make it onto the podcast, but as soon as he showed up on zoom, I see all the books behind him. I'm like, Oh, 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 tell me about that book. What's that book? Oh, 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 oh tell me about that one. <laughs> we had a show and tell at the beginning. It was all one-sided. He, so he was talking and probably felt like he was going, this is my first edition of Jonathan Edwards, the narrative of surprising conversions first edition. And I'm like, Oh, you know, it was great. So, yeah. And, and he actually like, uh, was taking me like, Oh, look out my window, you know? And like, he's like, look, you can see over here. And he was giving me like a tour out his window of everything he could see. Dude, it was so rad. Look out my window. Yeah. Yeah. He was showing me like the church that RC planted and they built and it's in the book. And, uh, it was rad, man. Cause RC was a planner. And so a lot of people don't, 
don't realize that, that in 1997, he planted a church plant and served there until he died. So pretty cool. So uh, what's going on in your life, man? What's new? (sighs) Well, how's the house coming? It is, well, as you can see, I'm in my new office. I have no doors. Oh, is that what uh, that is? I, I yeah. didn't know that was your office. That's my secret closet behind me that will have a bookshelf door, a Murphy door in front of it, as they call them. Um, the walls are on and painted. Um, this is kind of like a little magnolia color. Um, it's got some weird French name, like French Maison, you know. And then uh, I get this uh, these bookshelves put in this week. And John Allwood, uh, church planner for the RCA, will come in with his master craft woodworking skills, and he will install my dream bookcases in here. And I'm so excited. Well, I'm happy for your bookcases. Yeah, man. I mean, I, it, Pete, I just, I just am a book nerd at heart, right? You know this about me. So I love how you said on the podcast last week. I even got him an audible version of your book and he still wouldn't listen to it. <laughs> please, Pete, please. Oh, so rad. And I love how they send it to They're like, this is a top secret. Like, not like this is audible. It was, this is a top secret version of audible. Like they had all these, like, like in other words, like, that link has got an unlimited share and they like, didn't want you sharing it around pretty much that's what they said is do not share this but yeah now i got it on audible so i was really excited i mean that that book's a keeper it i had just finished reading a book about steinbeck and i i think i mentioned this i well maybe i didn't but um this book about steinbeck is is apparently very good but this guy's book on sprawl was better it's just that good I'll, I'll take your word for it yeah yeah Apparently he's kind of famous. This guy interviewed. I didn't know that. I oh, really I'd never heard of him. Yeah, but like I had people going, "Oh, I love that guy." I'm really? like, "Oh, okay, yeah." So Should've it was let him talk cool. more. I I did in the second part, the the <laughs> last three quarters of it, Pete. After the first thirteen minutes. After the first thirteen, you know, th- this is what nobody understands. I have to kick out the jams. Like I just got to kick out the jams every once in a while. It's like I'm this pin up Pentecostal in a Baptist church. Every once in a while, I got to dance around the room, you know, and wave banners. Like I just every once in a while, I got to kick out the book jams. So we're going to talk about my book next week, right, Pete? Oh, apparently. <laughs> I see. Here's what happened, guys. Peyton literally starts off. Show him the book. Hey, Pete. Did I tell you? I got a book coming out. Yeah. Uh, uh, cha-ching. Cha-ching. Cha-ching, so, uh, baby. So Peyton goes, oh, by the way, you're interviewing me today on this book. I'm like, how am I going to interview you on the book? I have no idea what the book is about. And he goes, you can just ask me the basic questions. Why'd you write this book? I'm like, uh, we went over that last time you wrote a book. Why'd you write this book? Because someone paid me some money. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, nobody cares. <laughs> no one cares, cares why you wrote the book. The book. <laughs> well... It was a quiet afternoon one day, and the phone rang. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, anything so, new happening uh, with you? No, dude. Like, oh, I went to Dallas the last couple of days. <gasps> How's we were going to go there for spring break last week? It was pretty. It was, was it? nice there. Yeah, the thunderstorm wake me up in the middle of the night. I had to mm. check this out. Guess which airport I flew out of? Uh, Dallas LAX. Oh, and I. Uh, if you know me, you know I hate LAX. everyone hates lax why'd you have to go way up there was it the only one that had a direct cheap. flight it was cheap. Oh. 
So, so we went out of there, uh, Chris Langham and I, and, um, I had to drive home from LAX to pick up my car at my mother-in-law's in Huntington beach and then drive all the way here. It was almost a two hour drive once I got off. So that was kind of tough. And the night before I stayed the night, my mother-in-law's Chris came and picked me up. Um, we went and met with some of the coolest, like we're meeting with uh, Bible League International. In fact, I want to have a guy on here as a guest where he goes everywhere. He goes to Cuba, Colombia, like all over Latin America. You did tell him, uh, I can probably get you on as long as you're not an author. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I was like, well, the, you know, he's super interesting. Um, his name's Raphael and he's with Bible League International. I'm starting to, there's a lot of crossover with them in my life right now. Like if I had my dream, like I, I, I wrote church plantology, um, but I don't want to be famous. Like I, I think I could be happy, Pete, just being obscure working with these missionaries and just watching the gospel spread like wildfire. That's my sweet spot. Like I'm more excited about talking to these guys than anything else in my life. And if anything, what my dream would be for church planning is in future that guys like Raphael that are on the ground, like planning, you know, he doesn't personally plan a church a day, but like they're seeing a church a day planted in Columbia during COVID. Before that, it was two churches a day. And it's just like, you know what, like, like that stuff, we need to listen to them. So uh, I want to start getting some of these guys on the podcast and we just talk to them about what they're seeing. And and it was amazing because I was so jet lagged after, you know, leaving the house at like 430 in the morning, um, getting on a plane. I have to <laughs> went to Olive Garden. There was a lot of joking about that I had to repent because I kept making cracks about how we're going to Olive Garden for dinner. And uh, it was super good. I think I'm becoming an old person, Pete. Did you have salad and breadsticks? I, I did. <laughs> That's what I got for dinner. Of course. I'm a total old person. Everybody else was like, I'll have the salmon. And I looked and it was like, hunk of salmon and broccoli. <laughs> that was their plate. There was no, it was hunk of salmon and broccoli. Like that was their plate. And everybody likes, oh, the salmon. That sounds good. Everybody that orders salmon is like this domino effect. And I'm like, soup, salad, and breadsticks. How can you go wrong, right? Oh, you can eat. So I did that and I definitely chose wisely, but it was good, dude. I, I was like, oh, Olive Garden, either I'm becoming old or they don't suck like they used to. Because there's like an evolution of restaurants. And I remember when Olive Garden came out, we were amazed. You know, like, oh, this is amazing. Have you been to Olive Garden? Now you go to Olive Garden, you're like, yeah, that's funny. Where are we going? So I had to repent because I was like, I liked it. It was weird. But, uh, but anyways, that's, that's I, awesome. I was about to tell you, I got all animated as tired as I was because I was very subdued on this trip because I was very tired. And, uh, but this dude just got me all excited and animated and they're all laughing because I all of a sudden come awake at the table and we're all getting into it. And, but, uh, but man, I'm telling you, I just, they were telling me about how they, they go into these prisons in Colombia and they put them in these courtyards and I'm like, you sure you want to go in here? <laughs> they're like, uh, no. But we think we need to take the gospel in there. And uh, they're like, okay, uh, we don't typically go in there. Um, like these prisons, like you got to pay like the gang leader. Otherwise, you're sleeping like in the bathrooms or wherever. Like you have to pay the gang leader in these prisons to have a cell. And uh, and they just, they had pictures from like Bible studies they were doing there. And you're just like, dude, what am I doing with my life? Like, you know. So for me, what did going you go out forward, there for? Why did you guys go meet with them? Can you talk so, about it? Or is it like... Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine. 
Um, we're talking about developing a discipleship tool with through the word for um, global missions everywhere that can be translated and also through the word itself being translated into, into various languages. And so we're forming a partnership because these guys, they've been doing translation all over the world. And um, I don't know, man, I just, you know, anyone who knows me knows that like, I wrote Church Zero out of obedience. God had broken me. And I know it sounds weird because I'm on a podcast, but you, you and I both talk about it. We're, neither one of us cares if we're famous, right? We know all the well, stuff we would do. I care if I'm famous. <laughs> I am an influencer. Ask your publisher. You are an influencer. I, I, I listed Pete as an influencer and put his address. Oh, down. by the way, you have to give your, your commercial today for uh, Joey. For for Joey. Oh, I do. No, he said he wanted you to do it. Did yeah, you not but I'm not the one reaping the rewards, so you're doing the commercial. Oh, do you have it? Post well, it for me. He emailed it to us. I didn't oh, keep he that. He, he said, I want Pete to do it. I'm like, well, I don't need that. Pete's the boy. Uh, yeah, I know, but I'm like, yeah, but Peyton's the one who's doing the trade with you. How did I get worked into this? Because he thinks it, he said, and I quote, I think it would be better. Coming from Pete. He did say that. (laughs) So I'm like, well, he obviously has a disappointed if I did it. We have a new sponsor, everybody. So this is Pete and I, typical to us, are going to discuss this in front of you, right? (laughs) We're going to argue in front of the kids. No, no, no. Pete, it has to be you. He wants you. But yes, I worked out a trade and I am benefiting from it. I'm like, I'm like, uh, First of all, he must not be listening to the podcast recently if he wants me <laughs> doing the, the commercial. <laughs> it's probably been a few years since he's listened. I'm not reaping the benefits for times to come. I told him I'm too busy to actually give you what you need. I mean, I have a book. Did I tell you I have a book launching this week? Wait, wait but- you've got a book? I do. Cha-ching. It's called Church Plantology, and it actually launches tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Monday, the 19th of April, uh, April 20th. 4.20. I did not know that was like a total pothead date. It's launching How tomorrow. do you not know that's a total pothead? Because I've never had pot in my life. I've never right? had pot in my life either, but I know what 4.20 is. How do you know this? I, I, see, I want to know. You You want to know how it's you because know this. I want to know how you do know this. It's because of who I witnessed to. <laughs> I'm not hanging out with you church folk. Go, go figure, right? Go figure I, I plant an urban church, right? Urban church plant in Long Beach, and I still don't know what 420 is. I don't I don't know how you don't know what 420 is. That's all I'm saying. The bad thing is I think my other book launched on this date as well. Oh no, it was April 1st last time, which was a terrible launch date, wasn't it? Was that no, no, it was the first one you had the launch party at uh Big Refuge. I did. Yeah. Did you have fun. one for the second book? I did, but it wasn't as well attended. People were like, hey, we went to one of those. It was cool. <laughs> so third book, it's like, it's like your third child. It's like, you no, to, we're not having a launch to, party. You need to do a launch party, but you, you need to sit up in front of everyone with a guitar on your lap and read a chapter of the book. You don't play the guitar. You just have oh. it on your lap and you just oh, read a chapter of the book. Every once in a while, just strum in between. <laughs> yeah, just a little, <laughs> like when you need dramatic flair. <laughs> Or set the mood. Or oh, this is even better. We both have chairs. I have the guitar and I get to strum. <laughs> That'd be so good. It'd be oh the my gosh. best yes. book reading ever. Okay, okay. So I want I want to design the ultimate book launch party with Peyton and Pete. And, and I, I want, want a cowbell have- too, just so I can ring a cowbell yes. every once in a while. Oh my god. Okay, I I could do the cowbell. You do the guitar. All I'll right, do the cowbell. All right. All right. And then uh and then and then uh 
in a puppet show. We have to have like a puppet show interlude. <laughs> a puppet show. A puppet show interlude with us on the podcast. Hey. You know, and we can even do a Simplified Church commercial and send it on to uh, Josh Henry. So I love it. So, uh, by the way, guys, uh, I have a free giveaway idea. I'm going to be giving away I, on Ministry Ninja Podcast. I promised one, and I said maybe three, but this is home team right here. So, let's just make it three books a day. I will give away between tomorrow and Friday. If you show me you ordered it or you want to post a picture with yourself uh, with the book, hugging it, kissing it, chewing on it, and you post that on social media, even that you bought it um, or anything, like take any of my stuff and post it around and spread it and tag me in it, and I see it, um, I will pick three lucky winners at random, which means I liked your post best. So it's nothing random about total favoritism. And I will send you a free copy of the hardcover of the book. Can I can I take a picture and post it? Can I qualify for the yeah. you know, running? Yeah, running no, we don't have those kind of stupid rules. If you're an employee, you can't do it. No, I'm you not an totally. employee. You're an influencer, Pete. I need you to do this. That's right. I am an influencer. Ask your publisher. Yes. So uh, this is as good as an interview, to be honest. Screwing around <laughs> about this is every bit as good. So it launches Because I have tomorrow. no idea what your book's about other than church planting. Yeah, but you're mentioned in it. You said I, I, I'm liking the acknowledgments, right? Yeah. It was like at the very end. Oh, and I better not forget Pete Mitchell. No, I'm going to read. This is going to be. Did you spell my name P E A T or P E T E? <laughs> I did. I did spell uh, two people's name wrong. That's right. You told me that. Wow, dude, no. that sucks. Yeah, Sal Salmarogi. I I spelled it Slamarogi. <laughs> That's kind of his own fault for his name, though. It it is sorry, and uh, Pete said that, and I agreed. I'm sorry, uh, but I paid him for his help when I fell when my sheep fell in the pit at the very end. He came and said, "I'll help you, dude, for money." And so I paid him. And uh, but anyways, he he did he did slam it. So me calling him Slamaragi Slamarogi is Slamaragi Slamaragi Slamaragi. I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know but, his uh, name. No, no, I don't know either. But uh, but uh, because I've only read it, I've never heard it mentioned. But <laughs> wouldn't this be bad if I were looking for where you were in here? And I went, oh, I didn't put you in here. Oh, my gosh. What's um, the book about? What's that? It's about church planting? Yes, it's about church planting and it's about God. Okay, I know you're mentioning here <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm probably not in it, am I? Can you imagine, uh, Pete? Um, well, I can imagine because, it, I mean, in all fairness, it's not like I should be mentioned in your book. I'm not okay, a church okay. planner. You want to you read uh, I'm going to read it. I, okay, now you are lumped in with my wife and Barry. Well, I'll I take think, the company of your wife, but Barry, think, come on. I think my podcasting co-host, Andrew and Barry Waters from the Ministry Ninja Podcast, comma, Pete Mitchell from the Church Planting Podcast, and then parentheses. The longest running church planting podcast on earth, baby, Oklahoma. <laughs> you did not put that. Did I you? did. <laughs> there, okay, first of all, how did you not list us first? That podcast has been around way longer than this newbie know, ministry ninja. I know, but I, I, I made up for it with quality at the end, you know, where I put like, and quantity, you know, where I put like, so... Knowing what I know now that you wanted to be first, 
listed as number one on that blog. Now I realize my mistake that I should have listed you first. And my wife. Well, it's not listed me. The podcast should have been listed first. Yeah. I How many episodes in are you on on Ministry Ninja? I, I don't even know. That's We're on 428. <laughs> we are That's so good. much further than, than Ministry Ninja. That's not bad. Let me look and see on iTunes. Because on this professional podcast, I actually stopped to look it up while I'm here. Actually, you know, I listen to a podcast and they look crap up all the time. So I, I can't find my iTunes. iTunes store now. Isn't there just an iTunes? There's music. Oh, no, it's the podcast app. There, yeah. Uh, doesn't use phones very often. Actually, I've not been using my phone that much, funny enough. Wow. Um, pod, uh, Church Planner Podcast, there we are. Um, oh, no, wait. Ministry Ninja, right? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Ministry Ninja, there it is. Uh, we are now up to 55. See, that's a respectable number, but that means you've been doing it for a year. <laughs> Actually, maybe a year and a half. Oh, you guys missed a bunch of weeks? Yeah, that's yeah, we like miss you. weeks. Yeah, <laughs> we miss weeks. When Pete's not when Pete's not there, we miss weeks. Yeah, we try to keep it quality. <laughs> I think the first six years we didn't miss a single week, even if that meant I had to do it without you. And that I'd is like bring in guests. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a second. <clears throat> He doesn't seem to care if we miss weeks. Why am I so concerned if we miss weeks? Forget it. I, I, he needs I, a break. I, I, I'm taking a break. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, I know that sounds bad. Although I do always try to throw you someone, and your and, and your response is it's not the same without you. Oh, it's not. Come on, because then you're like, hey, why don't you interview this guy? Oh, you got to read his <laughs> book first. <laughs> yeah. You had Tyrone that one time. He did good. And I had Tyrone a lot of times. He filled in a lot for you. Yeah, he did good. And also uh, Dan Sams. Did good. Uh, did he do one with me? I thought he did. I don't. Yeah, he did. Maybe he did. I don't. Yeah, remember. he did. He did one. And uh, you know, it's funny because at times I think to myself, "Gosh, man, like we're we're getting older. I wonder if we should start like moving aside for some young guys to get get some of this platform." Because I'm getting old, dude. I'm starting I know. to become How old all grizzled. I'm 47, going on 48, brother. When's your birthday? Uh, June 3rd. I got a birthday present for you. Yes. You give good birthday presents too. T-shirts. Have you ever worn that t-shirt? <laughs> I, I have. Have you? I almost wore it last week again. Nice. Yeah, I picked it up, but I just got to show my David Bowie. I can only see Bowie. It's kind of weird because look, he's it's from Urban Outfitters, but it's kind of a weird picture of him. Mm-hmm. It's not a very good picture, but he's kind of rocking, so I like it, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, yeah, I like it. I got time for Bowie. That's cool. I'm I'm such a huge Bowie fan. So Hey, so uh back to your book so we can talk about your book and that way we don't have to do another interview next <gasps> no, week. No, we got to do it. We need to shift topics quickly. Um, well, then what are we talking about? Uh no, ask me your questions while I think about that cuz I was all prepped to talk about the book, but I I know, I but wait. I wasn't. I, I know, like, but all you had to do is give me like a day ahead and you know, here's some questions to ask me. You know I suck. I do. Yeah, I like do. I, and that's all I had to do. But in in fairness, I was literally taking a two day trip to Dallas and back. Uh, you in get fairness, busy. I took a five day trip to Lake Las Vegas and back. Yeah, I, I still could have done did. it. I suppose you did. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So what were you going to say though? 
you're going to ask me. Something. What do you think is the biggest mistake church planners make? Oh, or the top three too mistakes. Soon. Launching too soon when their core team's not ready. Jump school is the answer. Uh, don't even give jump school. No one knows what you're talking about. Ministry Ninja. You got five jump or six school. things talking about. Yeah, no, jump no, school. only one is core team training. It's at ministryninja.com. You should definitely head over there. Uh, the the first thing is is launching too soon, not training your team. Um, it makes it so much harder when your team's not ready for what you're about to do. So that's the first gap in the market um, that that I was like, hey, we got it. We got to plug that hole. It's only two hundred fifty bucks, not a bunch. Six months of plug and play discipleship. So, um, and please uh, tell me you don't call it jump school. I do, of course, jump school core team training. Why would Dude, I? You, oh my gosh! But that's when it started. That's when it started. When I took that name from what you and I did, which was uh, you I have literally training. so many things called jump have school. It was only the original. In there. No, there wasn't. Yes. Dude. You had this two-day thing. You had you know? the 12-month program. You have the DVD. Oh, yeah, You've got the book. Everything okay. was jump school. Yes, because originally all of my church planner training was just called jump school. That's just what I called all my training. Then when I started developing more training, I was like, oh, well, this doesn't really fit the name jump school. That was actually there. I know we make fun of it a lot, but that was a rationale. I don't think you've ever called anything other than jump school. Yeah, I have. So what we used to do, that 12-month training. They call it parachute school. No, I have citywide. And I have, okay. um, I have I citywide, that. which is network training. And then I have, um, church planner tactical training, which is what you and I did where it's, it focuses on the planner, right? It's their training for them. But now jump school is a planner training. It's core team. You need to stop using the name jump school. I don't think I do. I think you do because our listeners for the longest running church planner <laughs> podcast have no clue anymore. What just, jump know, just know you need jump school, whatever in the heck it is. You need it. And you can find it at ministryninja.com. Everything is jump school. Yes. So uh, what what was your question though? Oh, the, the three biggest issues. Okay. So the first one is just launching too soon before you've trained your core team. So what, what planners typically do is they gather a group of people together in a room. They tell them, this is my vision. This is my burden. This is my mission statement. And uh, if you want to join, sign on the dotted line. And then um, they just go all of a sudden rent out a public space, uh, create a website, and invite people who never come. And they call that church planting. It is not church planting. And I'm, I'm going to save a little talk on that. Because I've talked about that a million times. But the number one thing you need to do is train your core team. Uh, and, and the reason I say that is, look what Jesus did, right? Jesus trained his core team for three years. They were called the apostles. He pours into them. That's his chief ministry. Yes, he goes around and preaches, but he takes them on mission and disciples them for three years. Now, I know you don't have three years, and nor should you, and you're not Jesus, and they're not the apostles. Um, but you could train a core team in a relatively short amount of time. Paul planted uh, three to four months on average and took Timothy's and Titus's and Silas's with him and trained them on the job as he went three to four months at a time. So, um, you know, he, Paul kind of shrunk it down a bit and that's what I do. So everything that you'll notice that I say and do when it comes to church planner training is somehow going to be rooted in the New Testament. That's just and we'll talk more about that with the book next week and why that is. Um, 
But then um, the second thing that they do is they, and I kind of hinted at it um, with, uh, you know, that the church starting versus church planning, that they start churches rather than plant churches. And that does go back to the core team. A lot of these bleed into one another. So one of the things that they don't do is they don't focus on evangelism and discipleship and prayer. Those are the three things that um, Dr. Luke really emphasizes in um, the book of Acts. So what, what, what I have often noticed with planners is they're reading books, looking for secrets, looking for hacks, looking. It's 2,000 years on, not a lot has changed, right? Um, the things that, that reach people today are what reach people then. You know, pe- people haven't significantly changed. Technology has changed. Um, people's worldviews have changed. But there's still similar patterns. There's still there was superstition then. There's superstition today. Um, there's a distrust of religion then. There was a distrust of religion today. Um, a lot of these these things that you uh, that both cultures experienced first century. Uh, there's burnout on too many different worldviews colliding. That was true in the Roman Empire. It's true today. So the the whole approach of the gospel. Um, is still very relevant. But what, what I would say is evangelism, discipleship, and prayer, um, those are the things. So I would say the church planner's focus. Church planner focuses on building an institution, um, getting a, a 501c3 organization built, uh, a church. You know, he's looking at, at, at staffing. And so he's always trying to build this thing, right? Rather than actually doing the real work of ministry, which is evangelism, discipleship, and prayer, right? So as you do those things, um, the rest will inevitably and eventually probably take place. You may not ever get full-time on staff, but was that the goal? You know, um, it surely wasn't Paul's goal, and it probably shouldn't be your goal. So if you, and, and I've talked to many, many planners who will tell you that was my Achilles heel. Um, that was my goal. That was my struggle. And that's why I ultimately quit because I knew I would never, that carrot was always dangling out in front of me. I never knew whether or not I was going to get there. And that meant so much to me. So the first thing we used to say at New Breed Conferences was, hey, if your goal is to get full-time on staff at a church, you should probably leave the conference now because you are much more better suited to taking a pastorate. There are people out there that have the money, they have the position, they will give it to you, right? You just sign, you take the money and you go do the job. This is not that, right? And and so I would say that for the church planner, they, they get a buzz off of doing the evangelism, doing the discipleship and turning people on to prayer and the power of the Holy Spirit. So those are the three things. So that that would be mistake number two is planners try to build an institution to support themselves rather than focusing on the ministry itself, the ministry of the word, the ministry of prayer, um, which is what the, the apostles focus on. They're like, hey, we can't wait tables. We can't help build the infrastructure. We've got to keep ourselves set apart for the word of God and prayer, um, which is basically evangelism, uh, discipleship, and, uh, and, and prayer. Mistake number three. Um, mistake number three. 
And this does kind of lean into church plantology, cha-ching, a little bit. Um, they plant as solo operatives. So they see themselves as the leader. This is why Church Zero, cha-ching, was written. Um, church Zero, cha-ching. I, I can't do that every time. I already given two cha-chings for Church Zero. But Church Zero was written as an apologetic for team leadership on ministry, on mission. Um, if you see yourself as the solo leader, then what you're going to do is you're going to go in and try to take everything on yourself. You're going to become the, 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 the guy who does everything, right? Nobody cares like you do. So you run in there and you do everything. You do the graphic design, you do the offering, you do the, the website, you, you're running point on everything. Meanwhile, you're working a full-time job and you're, you're killing your family. Then your family starts to resent the church and you don't have a crew, like a posse around you of people that, um, are on your team can interact with you or are like, Hey, I'm here. You know, let's serve together. And the new church, new Testament church is very much about team leadership. Hence again, Jesus training 12 rather than one. Right. Um, we get the impression even with Paul sometimes that he just took Timothy with him, but that's not true. If you look at Paul, Paul actually took multiple people with him on every missionary journey. And he kept collecting people as he went and discipling a group much like Jesus did. So uh, the reason I said discipleship earlier <clears throat> was um, in point two was that um, I, I'm almost tempted to say uh, leadership pipeline, but I'm going to say team leadership instead because leadership pipeline is when you're developing other leaders. But so if you as a church planner, you need Barnabases like Paul had Barnabas and they were equals. Um and then you need Timothys. Timothys are people that you're training up, right, to replace you. So you need both of those. Um, they're, they're people that are new in ministry. They haven't done a lot. And so uh, you're equal to somebody. He's got enough mileage in it like you. He's, he's got his reps up like you. And you can share the responsibility and not worry about it. But then you've got others you've got to empower and you've got to lift up and promote. And, and so the biggest bottleneck to church multiplication is not having a leadership pipeline, not having that, that tendency to train people alongside you at all times. And in um, plantology, cha-ching, I actually say that um, that's part of an apostolic trait. The apostolic trait means I always train people when I'm doing things. I never do things alone. I always take someone with me and I'm passing it down because I know I'm leaving, right? Um, I'm not going to stay there. So I take, I, I remember taking um, Steve Ortiz to go hear Hugh Halter. And he, he came away going, that was amazing. I've never been to anything like that. Mm. Well, he, he never would have, you know, he was a chain link fence salesman. And um, his job at church prior to coming to refuge at the church he came from was to make coffee every Sunday morning. That was as deep and daring as he was ever going to get. But I knew that this guy has a bug. There's something deeper scratching at the surface. Kind of like when Peter looked at, um, or uh, Jesus looked at Peter and he saw, you're more than a fisherman. You just don't know it yet. And I think that, that we have to approach everybody like that. Um, and I suppose part of my own story is that um, somebody saw something in me uh, weirdly, I, I didn't, 
I didn't necessarily uh, want to be in ministry. You know, I did want to teach the Bible. I did want to do those things. But somebody's like, no, God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for your life. Um, you're you're called to this. You don't know it yet, but you're called to this. And um, and and eventually, I started to believe it. You know, but um, but yeah. So I I would take him to things, knowing that God's awakening something in him. But he he would have never gone to something like that on his own. But he came back from here and Hugh Alter going, uh, anytime you're going to something like that, will you invite me? I was like, yeah. So, and I, I think so many people in, in our circles, if we would take <clears throat> people that we don't see as ministers and treat them as ministers or ministers in training, they will become what we disciple them to be. Mm. So, and that, that was my number one takeaway from Refuge Long Beach. That's what God taught me there was um, if you disciple them, they will become leaders. So. Interesting. Your, your second, I think it was your second, you know, biggest mistake church planners make about, uh, you know, trying to basically create a job, um, trying to get on staff or, or create, create a job where they can be on staff at the church. It made me think of a a church planner who will remain nameless. Um, We had him on our, our, uh, well, we probably had him on our podcast. I don't remember exactly, but I remember you and I were talking with him one time and he was telling us his story and he thought he was going to, you know, start this church and it was going to be this huge church in this big major city. And yet God had called him to this small little podunk city, hmm. small little podunk town. And he's like walking around and he's praying and he's mad at God. And he's like, oh, you know, God, why'd you put me here? And, and, and then he goes, and then it was like, God told me, I never said you couldn't be great. And I remember you saying afterwards, <clears throat> when you and I were alone, you go, "Yeah, he's young," because God would never say <laughs> you could. I never said you wouldn't be great because it's not about you, the pastor. Right. It's it's about Jesus. It's never about you. And it's interesting to see, like that particular guy. He ended up starting a church, was a major church in the area, the biggest in the area, and then a huge fall, huge crash, and now it's gone completely. Yeah. And it was, it, it probably stems back to that whole, you know, what's the real motivation behind why are you doing this? Right. Is this for you yeah. or is it because God has called you to reach the unchurched, reach the lost? Yeah. And, um, and when it seems to be the other, it's for you in one way or another, whether that's, you know, because you want to be great because you want a job on staff. Uh, I remember talking to this one guy, another guy who, uh, you know, and actually spent a lot of time with. Um, he thought he was going to start a church, and then he began realizing after working with you, his motivation was completely wrong. Because I remember asking him, and he was like, "I just realized, you know what? I wanted to be the big guy on stage, and this was just not the the right way to do it, not the right thing to do, or any of that." Which is cool because I never had a conversation with him about that. Like, like I, it wasn't like I took him as like, Hey, you want to be the big guy? You know, I don't try to play the Holy spirit for people, but I think just through being with us, he just kind of realized that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of beautiful in and of itself. It is. And it it is in some and, ways. And in other ways, it's, 
it's sad because I, I I wonder where he's at today. I mean, he and I talk a lot. Yeah. But I, I don't know where he's at when it comes to any of this stuff, you know? Yeah. And I'm so, you know. Yeah. It, but it's just yeah. interesting. It, you know, you gotta it's that motivation. Why are you why are you trying to do this? Yeah, it's a it's it's a tough one, you know. I mean, I you and I have talked about this before, but all of us kind of to a certain degree struggle with the wrong motivations. I mean, this is why for me, like even going to meet with those guys in Texas and just talk, it's like, like everybody who's actually on the ground doing stuff, they're, they're so filled with Jesus. Like this dude's joy was so contagious because nobody's going to know him. Like nobody's going to know who he is. Nobody's going to know, um, his name, he's not going to be, uh, except for our, on our podcast, but, uh, but that's not the point. Like, um, he, he, but he was so filled with joy because he's actually doing the real work of ministry and he doesn't need anything else. You know what I mean? Like, it's like when Jesus sat and said, after speaking to the one at the well, and they're like, Lord, you don't have any food. And he goes, I have food. You don't know anything about like Jesus is just saying, I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm here doing the work of my father. And, uh, and I'm just happy. And that, that's what just comes out of this dude. And, um, and it, and it, and it, when I get around people like that, I just see how empty, um, like you and I, we don't buzz off having a podcast. Like I, I keep saying that because you and I know what we need to do to pour into it. And just both of us are like, no, people can find us. It's cool. We're not trying to be the big giant thing. You know, we've had talks about that. We've had talks about what could we do to make it bigger before. And there's always this thing in me, even with my book launch, there's always like something that's kind of resistant in me. Like, yeah, but it's not about, you know, like flogging a book and I'll, I'll market it for sure. You know, I'll do that because I want to write another one. Um, and if I, if I don't sell too many books in a row, um, they'll be like, yeah, no, he's a lost cause. Don't publish him again. He's expensive. He's an expensive mistake. So there's always kind of that like, well, I do want to write another one. But then again, I'm kind of getting over that too. You know what I mean? Well, I think the thing too is, and, and this is what makes it really difficult. <clears throat> you have, I mean, people don't just find a podcast. They don't just find a book. In most, most cases, it has to be marketed to them. It has to be sold to them. Yeah. And like in the case of publishers, publishers wouldn't know how to market a book. If someone came out and screamed it at them, this is what you do. Like, that's not right. their thing. They're great at the logistics. They're great at understanding. Okay. This is the printer and this is how many we got to order. And this yeah. is how we get it in the distribution channel. Like that's yeah. what they're good at. Yeah. They and make they, the product. Yeah. And they're great at, um, at cultivating the authors, at getting the books edited right. I mean, they're they're good at that stuff, but they rely on the author to promote it. And the unfortunate part is like you kind of have to promote yourself because that's yeah, that's what you're selling when you sell a book is look, this is the reason why you need to listen to me. I've done this. I'm I'm further up the road than you are, and I'm gonna save you a lot of heartache if you if you read this book or you know, if you listen to this podcast. So, I mean, it's that, it's that hard mix between you have to kind of promote yourself, but it's not really what you're desiring to influencing people. Right. On. You're not really desiring to be like the guy, the influencer. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is I don't want to continue to be 
the guru because I kind of feel like there are other people that God is raising up. Like there are other younger planters that are in it now. Like, oh, don't get me wrong. I am going to be planting again. That's for sure happening. Um, I've, I've been uh, the timing of the textbook, which in, in a weird way, if you think about it, I, I feel kind of guilty saying it this way. It saved me from planting during COVID-19. I don't envy any of you that were out there trying to plant during COVID-19 because it did put a halt to you and you had to hold a core team together in, in suspended animation. And, and I really feel for you guys that, that, that were out there experiencing that. I would have hated to be you. And I feel like in some ways, because I was all gung-ho. You remember, I was all getting ready to plant again. And I was starting to meet weekly for prayer meetings and um, just just with me and another couple uh, to start. But there were people starting to hear about it. Hey, Peyton, we get together and want to join. And um, and it, it God just put a, a wrench in the gears with the textbook, which I'm grateful for. But um, but I, I will plant again. But I, I just keep thinking... There, there are other voices, and I don't want to drown out the other people that God is raising up. Um, I'm going to be really, really happy when I start seeing younger people rising up, you know, that are younger than me, that are able to, to hey, you know, I'm in it now. Because when I came into this game, I was 33 when I started training. Well, that's not true. New breed technically came about in 2006 our, our established 2008 was just when we came up with the logo and you know started running conferences but i was doing it on the ground back in 2006 helping planners so how many years on is that that's like uh what are we 2001 now like 15 years that i started training planners so um so i was 15 years ago 32 so that just kind of causes me to look back and think, I'm 47 now, I'm almost 50, 32, 30 versus 50. It's probably time because I know that there's, you know, other people out there. There's Ed Stetzer's, Peyton Jones's, Alan Hirsch's. There's others out there that God is currently raising up and they have stuff to say, you know, and I, and I want to hear them. I want to find them and I want to start sharing platform with them. I want to start giving them a voice. If that makes sense, and and I guess again, like I said earlier, that's part of the apostolic thing. Is in one hand, you're you're saying I want to equip and and move aside and make room for the next generation to do what they got to do. You're handing over the torch, you know. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to end the podcast. I'm just saying like there's a part of me now that's starting to go. Okay, you know, I I am the veteran, but there are others that that need to run now. They need to they need to grab that baton and run with it. So what I just heard you say is, I don't have to do the podcast anymore. Woo-hoo! Well, but replacing you, Pete, I mean, come on, right? Who's going to be the next Pete Mitchell? Come well, on. Let's How's that going to happen? There's pretty much a harder no sell. There's pretty much no one that can replace <laughs> me. We got to find a dude that's a son of a Baptist minister, say it like a cuss word, and then... <laughs> And then we got to find a guy that's an entrepreneur with a with a church planning heart, you know. That's that's a hard sell. Well, and just, someone who gets it, someone who's not like, you know, drinking their own Kool Aid. Like, yeah, baby, it's all about the marketing, and it's all, you know, like it's all about the not, merch, as yeah. my son would say. It's yeah. all about the merch. Dad, is oh, that your nice. merch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
know my daughter does that too. She, she tells me, yeah, she goes, dad, it's only a few more years so I can be your merchandising expert. She nice. wants to, to somehow be the merch expert at New Breed. So, well, Luke is constantly YouTubing everywhere he goes. Yes. This but is he, the problem. He doesn't have a YouTube channel because I won't let him have one yet. <laughs> so he's I would just love to see his YouTube oh, channel. Oh my gosh. He's just, he's like everywhere he's walking. Hey guys, uh, like and subscribe. If you know what I mean? like he's just <laughs> everywhere he goes. Right. And so I got these uh, t shirts that say iron on iron because I got that iron on iron fitness club. Yeah. It's yeah. like, Dad, is that your merch? Oh, let me have one of those iron hats. I got these iron hats. That's and, rad. Yeah. It's your so, merch. No joke, Eden. Um, this this was floating around the house. I had two copies. All of a sudden, like it disappears off my desk. And she has like this little spot on the counter where she does her homework. And so she has a, like a stack of books. And this ends up on the stack. And uh, and she's looking through it. She's checking it out. Like like stuff like that means like she takes my books and puts them like prominently in her and a little thing. So you, you got to love that. That's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. You know, now that my mom's passed and gone to glory, at least my daughter likes my book. <laughs> did so, you mention your family in the book? I did. Or just your, just your wife. No, I mentioned my family. I mentioned okay. my kids. I, I actually gave the book a little bit of a, of a, I said, Hey, you know, they, they will not have to endure uh, missing times where dad went to the beach or couldn't make it to this or that for a book ever again. I said, no book is worth that, you know? So kind of, uh, I thanked him for their sacrifice, but also made a promise like, Hey, you guys sacrificed too much for this. It kind of wasn't worth it. Mm. So, but, uh, which I know Zondervan's reading it going, what? <laughs> Zondervan's going, uh, if this book doesn't sell, you're darn right. You're not going right. to miss anything for a I book know. again. I know. So, uh, but anyways, well, hey, brother, man, this is this has been fun. One last I question. Have, One last yeah. question. Real serious question. While you're doing all this church planning, who's helping you with all your bookkeeping and your accounting, you know, for your church? Because that's there's a lot of IRS compliancy, all that stuff. Well, it's funny you say that. Uh, it it is actually Simplified Church, Pete. Simplified Church. What is that? A dot com or dot us? Simplified info. What, what is it? <laughs> Not, dot ninja simplified church.com. Pete, they help me take care of all of my IRS compliancy needs. Uh, send out any of your tax donor receipts. They'll do my bookkeeping. They'll help me keep track of receipts. They'll even do payroll. You know what they should have? And cause there is this as a dot com. Cause I bought the Pete Mitchell dot version of it. Yeah. It should be simplified church dot sexy. <laughs> no. Somewhere out there is a pmitchell.sexy website. Pmitchell.sexy. Oh that is so dang funny. Can you imagine if I use that for ministry? Connect oh, with me. Why wouldn't you? I, I don't understand why you wouldn't. And then it would be like bringing sexy back to, and there would be some at church planning or bringing sexy back to uh, <laughs> teaching the Bible. Oh, oh my uh, gosh. Could me. you imagine? I feel most so bad for even saying that. Most of the church would be so offended by that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You would definitely be reaching your right audience <laughs> and rejecting the audience that you want to reject with that. That is true. Hey, it, it, because we did not do, we already screwed up our, our other advertisement. I'm going to do it now. Are you ready? Are you? It's yeah, supposed I, to come halfway through the show after Smack Talk now. That's is that what it's supposed place. to be? But for the maiden voyage, you ready? I'm going to do it. 
I want to hear it. All right. I'm going to do it like a real commercial because, you know, this is their first time. I figured we should at least give them that. You ready? Everybody, this is the maiden voyage, the first time ever for Sermon Boss. You ready? What? Hey, pastors, you spend countless hours preparing for your messages, then preach your heart out every week. And then what? How can people in your church or online find those messages again? Not just last week's message, but what about last month's or last year's? If people are going to your website to listen to your previous messages, they're probably going to have to scroll through endless pages to find that message. Or they're being instructed to go to YouTube or Facebook to listen to it, which is frustrating, not to mention distracting. There has to be a better way. Well, friends, now there is. I cannot picture you saying this. You ready? Sermon Boss is an better audio- at the, the sound effects that I'm interjecting. <laughs> yes. I'm happy to do this because I'm having fun doing this. <laughs> I never do commercials like this. So I, I feel like Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. You ready? Sermon. And it is a good product. I, I will just for real now, I'll tell you guys. I actually, that's what I trade is. I'm like, I need that. I'll do it for you. Just give me Sermon Boss for free. So I, I, I am using Sermon Boss. So don't be fooled by my uber professional delivery of this commercial. Sermon Boss is an audio video live streaming platform, which comes with a podcast that you can easily integrate into your church's website and church app. So you'll no longer need to send your people anywhere else to find your teachings. Sermon Boss will allow people to easily search for, find and discover, even customize a personal playlist from your teachings right from your website. Sermon Boss easily integrates with other platforms so you can keep your YouTube, Vimeo, or Facebook followers without having to send people away from your website to find your live stream and previous messages. Go to SermonBoss.com today and schedule a free online demo and see how easy it is to make your teachings more accessible and make an even greater impact for the kingdom of God. We look forward to hearing from you. Sermon Boss, 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 Boss. <laughs> I like how you did that. You threw a little well, you know, at the end. It's a thing now. So uh, anyways, guys, uh, Sermon Boss, it actually is really cool. It's integration. That's the key to it. It's integrated from your site, your podcast, everything. It's not sending them away. They can do everything from your website because you want to keep that traffic on your website. So that's what the deal is. It is unique and uh, it's pretty cool. And uh, Joey Roper, who reached out to us, he is a planner. We used to always bag on him on this podcast. We Somehow he became our whipping boy. And I remember because uh, he calls me, he reaches out to me and he's like, uh, I don't know if you remember me. Uh, I'm Joey Roper. I'm like, dude, I totally remember oh, you. We yeah. used to rip on you all the time, and I have no idea why we did. I don't know either. We just, I think he made a comment on his thing where he goes, I would wish that they would do this. and But he gave us a great review. And so we're like, it, just because he said even the slightest negative thing, we decided to have fun with him and mess with him for like probably a couple of years. Yeah, because he was like a missionary in Germany. And we would we would do stuff like this. We'd be like... Yeah, you know, I bet, you know, like if we were doing the one today, we would um, we would talk about common mistakes and we would throw in there like just randomly like, yeah, you know, probably a, a church planner like Joey Roper would make that mistake. And like we would just lace in Joey Roper insults all the way. And he's super cool. He thought it was funny. So uh, he's working for Sermon Boss. And uh, and I he he called me up and was like, hey, I want to tell you about this. And uh, because we had a relationship going back, I was like, yeah, actually his church that he planted um, hit the guys that he handed over to are actually new breeders. So they're in the family. So, but yeah, I was like, dude, look, um, you know, give me sermon boss for free and it's on. And he said, okay, I'll do it. So I'm using it now. Uh, you haven't seen it yet. Cause I haven't given him everything he needs for it, but yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I dig it. 
Yeah. All right. So give us our uh, send off. Well, this has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.